Come on now, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? Now you gotta make some noise, man. It is so good to see you guys. In fact, look at the person sitting beside you and say, I'm glad you're here today. Go on, tell them, I'm glad you are here today. Man, so good to see you guys. Man, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, if you're visiting with us and are a guest with us today, thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, but we are one church in three locations. We have a physical location in Grayson, Kentucky and Ashland, Kentucky. So come on, can we give it for our Ashland and Grayson campus? We love you guys. Man. Thank you for the honor and the privilege of speaking to your life. And I'm telling you what, what God's doing in Boyd County and Carter County and Round County is unbelievable. So you guys keep up the great work. We're in this series called Foundations. We finished today. And if you missed it, you go back and watch it. We got back to like the root, the foundation of, you know, getting in God's word. We talked about the importance of reading our Bible. We talked about prayer. Last week we had a panel. We took a break for dads. And so if you missed last week or, or if, you, if, you, if you wanna go back and watch, I wanna encourage you dads to go back and do that. I'm telling you, we have some incredible guys up here sharing their stories, what it's like not to have a dad uh, when they was raised up and how they are a dad today. I'm telling you, man, you don't want to miss that. Go back and watch it. And today, today we're talking about a big one, man. This affects every single person watching online across the world and all of our campuses in here today. This affects every single one of you and me today. And we're going to be talking about temptation. So I, I want to do a poll here. How many of you are or have been tempted to sin before in your entire life? Raise your hand. <laughs> Perfect, right? Obviously, there's a couple liars in here. You didn't raise your hand, but it's okay. We're working on that. Welcome to Better Life Church. We're glad you're here. We all have been tempted. And here's what I know. You will be tempted for the rest of your life until the Lord takes you home to heaven, assuming you put your faith and trust in him. You always will be tempted. So how do I get victory over temptation? Like, right, how, how do I do that? How do I win in temptation? Because as a Christian, I don't want to sin, right? I don't want to give in to that, but I do. Why? Where does it come from? How do I battle it? Where do I get to the point? And I said this, you'll never get to the point in your life where you become sinless. You'll never get to the point where you become sinless. But you can get to the point in your life where you begin to sin less because you're aware of what I'm about to teach you today. You're aware of the tactics, you're aware of the enemies, you're aware of where it comes from. And if you can do that, you can battle it and you can win and you can have victory over temptation. So I'm super excited to jump into this today. So there's a difference between temptation and a test. Because a lot of times people will say things and you hear people say, hey, you know, God is tempting me. Let me go on to say this, God never tempts you. God will never tempt you to sin. So if you are tempted to sin, that does not come from God. Well, God's just tempted me to see if I go back to the bar again. God's just tempted me to see if I'm gonna look at it again. God doesn't tempt you to sin, okay? God never tempts you. God tests you. What's the difference between the test and the, and the temptation is the outcome of it. Did you give in to it or did you pass it? But God will never tempt you to sin in any way, form, or fashion. And here's the reality. Temptation is all around you. Now, I'm not talking about sin beside you, right? Because they're, they're perfect. But I'm talking about temptation is all around you. It doesn't matter where you go, you can be tempted. You can go home, you can go to school, you can go to work, you can go to Walmart. There's a lot of temptation at Walmart. Can I get a witness, right? I'm telling you, like, like you, no matter where you go in life, you will be tempted because it is all around you. You don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to go look, but let me share this with you. You're not tempted because you're sinful. You're not tempted because you're a bad person. Jesus was tempted, and every single way he was tempted. You're tempted because you're human. 
and you're gonna face temptation for the rest of your life. I'm gonna read this verse to you, Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. This is a fascinating verse. It says, for we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We all have weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Now I want you to, in every way has been tempted, what, just as we are, look what it says, but he did not sin. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted, but he did not sin. So there's two things we could do about it. We could even give in to it, or we can overcome it. And today you're here because you wanna be overcomers. Today you're here because you wanna overcome the temptation in your life. Now, here's what we know when we read through the scripture. Every single sin that you have ever committed, that you committed today on the way to this place, and that you will commit into your future, every one of these sins are found in three different categories. And when you understand where they're coming from, it's, 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 it gives you an, um, uh, an edge to be able to fight this or, or resist this or flee from this to understand where it comes from. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 16 this, for everything in the world, everything in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from our heavenly Father, watch this, from God, but from the world. Let's unpack that. What do you mean when you say lust of the flesh? This is where you begin to have sin or are tempted to sin when you want to feel good. You want to feel good, there's passion. You want something that makes you feel something. And when this makes you feel, this is where passion comes, this is the flesh, this is the lust of the flesh that you and every single one of us have. And so we desire, a lot of times this will come from sexual sins in our life because I wanna feel good, I want it now, I, I, I want this. this. This comes from um, all kinds of things. We could go on and on and on and talk about. But this is where the lust of the flesh, the passion that comes from our life. And then it says the lust of the eyes. This is where possession comes from. This is what I want, what I want, and I want it now. If they have it, I want it. They dress like that, I wanna dress like that. I wanna look like them, I wanna look like that. I want, they have that house, I want that house. Or I want that car, I want that job. It's where you wanna possess something. You, you desire it so much. You want it so much from, from maybe from other people, for yourself, but you see something, your eyes are pleased with it, and you want it. And you're tempted to go after it, and you're tempted to get it for the wrong motives, for the wrong reasons. And then there's the pride of life. This is the temptation, this is where the boastfulness, the pride is want to be known. This is where you want people, this is where a lot of times, a lot of times people pleasing comes in. This is where jealousy comes in. This is where envy comes in. And you, you wanna be noticed, you want, you want status. You wanna be, watch this, a little G God. You want people to like you, you want people to know you. Which may be a lot of reasons why we post some of the things we post on social media. Not because we want people to see, it's because we want a response back from someone that makes me feel, that makes me have a status, a position, that makes me want something in my life. So I will do something to get something back in return to feel the flesh or the eyes or this pride of life. Now when you know that, because this is where the motives, this is where we're all tempted, and when you know these categories, and every sin you've ever done is gonna fall in one of those categories, whether it was you wanted something, you wanted to feel good about something, or you wanna be known, you wanted the pride of life, or something in life, everything's gonna be falling in one of those status. Go back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, remember? The Bible says that, that in Genesis 3, 6, the woman, which was Eve, she saw the fruit. She saw that it was good, and this was the lust of the flesh. Then the Bible says it was pleasing to her eyes. It was the lust of the eyes. I gotta have it, I want it. If so, to get it, she knew she would gain knowledge and wisdom. I want to be prideful, I want to, I want to be known, I want to be like God. 
all three, all in the beginning, we see it. Fast forward to Jesus, remember? He fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights and the devil did everything he can to tempt him to, to give up his mission on earth. And we went through this. He said, Jesus, sees those, see those stones? Turn them into bread, lust of the flesh. Took him up on the top of a building and said, throw yourself off and you command the angels to catch you, pride of life. Everyone will know your position. Took him up on top of the mountain and says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms. Lust of the eyes, you see it? You want it, you desire it, same thing. Same tactics, over and over. It's the same thing he does to you, and it's the same thing he does to me. And when we get that and understand that, know that, we can begin to have victory over temptation in our life. And so how do we do this, or where does this come from? Well, the Bible says it's from the world, from the flesh, and from the devil. Let me unpack these real quick because this, is, this will help us. From the world, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world. Now, he's not talking about people. He's talking about the world value and the world value system. And I don't know if you know this, if you've been maybe living under a rock somewhere, but the world value system is corrupt. It's sinful. There's a value, there's a worldly system, there's a world value system. And, 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 it's, and the world wants to indoctrinate everyone to be part of the world value system. But the Bible tells us that the love of the world or anything in the world, do not love it. If anyone loves the world, not the people of the world, but the worldly system, the love of the Father is not in them. You see, Jesus says, I've come and I died for the world, that God so loved the world. Not the world system, not the sinful way, but the people. In this context, he's talking about the value system of the world. When you love the worldliness, then the love of the Father is not evident in your life. The world value system, watch this, will tempt us. It will bait you in and it will do everything it can to get you to be part of the world system, the value system. But here's the reality, Jesus told us this in the beginning, this is not our home. We, we are out of place, right? We're, we're, we're citizens of the kingdom of God and so God left us in this world to make a difference, right? To impact the world. So listen, to, 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 to be an influence, to be a change agent in this world. And then there's the flesh. I believe this is where most of us lose. Most of us lose in this category, this area right here, which is the flesh. Galatians 5.19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that is the flesh, when your sinful nature, the flesh, the results are very clear. How do I know if I'm walking in flesh? Well, let's just read through some of these. Sexual immorality. When you have sexual sin in your life, the number one causes for sexual sin in people's life is loneliness. Loneliness is a very negative power of emotion. Loneliness will cause you to overeat. Loneliness will cause you to get drunk. Loneliness will cause you to do drugs. Loneliness will cause you to go shopping. Loneliness will cause you to be a people pleaser. Loneliness will cause you to make people like you and you'll do whatever you can, let them run over top of you to like you. Loneliness will cause you to look at pornography. Loneliness is the number one cause for sexual sin in people's life. That's why marriage doesn't fix loneliness. I know a lot of married couples who are lonely and they wonder why there's sexual sin outside the marriage or why he still looks at porn. The lust of the flesh, that's the flesh, that's the desire that's within you, what you want and what you, what you have. And so listen, there's nothing wrong with sex. God put it in the context of marriage. But when my sinful nature, watches has been warped every one of us, it has changed that we would what, go for what we want, when we want, how we want it, instead of doing it God's way. And so he says, here's how you know you're walking the flesh, there's sexual morality. And so it's like, well, I don't have no problem with that, that's really not me. Okay, let's keep reading, impurity. 
impure motives, little white lies, impurity, not integrity, cheating, lustful pleasures. Here's one, idolatry. Somebody's like, well, I'm not a, I don't worship idols. Anything you put before God's an idol. Some of you, it's your job. Some of you, it's your paycheck. Some of you, it's your status. Some of you, how many degrees you can have hanging on the wall. You worship it. You worship what people think about you. Whoever you think thinks about you the most, who you want them to think about you the most, is the God in your life. That's idolatry. They become an idol to us. So that means I'm walking in the flesh when I'm, when I'm idolatry. Sorcery. Hopefully no one's practicing that, right? Hostility. Here's one, quarreling. Oh my goodness, half of us walked in the flesh this morning on the way to church. Did you see that? Like see, when we think about sinful nature, sexual morality, we don't think about fighting, quarreling, outburst of anger. Wow. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, enviness, anybody jealous of somebody? Drunkenness, wild parties, and that's just kind of like how they put it there originally. It's, it's, it's pretty not PG-13. Wild parties, and, and, he, he, and they didn't stop right there. They want to make sure there's, look, he didn't list like, okay, that's all the sinful, and look what it says, or and other sins like these. Like, there's a whole big category. See, this is where most of us lose it. We get back into the flesh into that sinful desire, that sinful nature. In the flesh, I'm not talking about your physical body, I'm talking about your predeposition to sin. And you know where you got it from? Your parents. You know where they got it from? Their parents. You know where they got it from? Adam, not your friend Adam, Adam and Eve. Sinful nature passed down when they disobeyed. And we're born with it. You do not have to teach a kid how to sin. Those boogers come out of the womb knowing how to sin. Oh, you're suddenly like, what are you talking about? Wait till you have them, right? You don't have to teach a kid. You never have to teach someone how to sin. They automatically know how to do it. You don't have to teach them how to be selfish. They're already selfish. Mine, it's the first word they learn. Mine, 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 share with your brother. Mine, you have 30. Mine, okay, selfish kid. Right? You don't have to teach them that. How come they're like that? It's because there's a sinful nature that's been passed down to every single one of us, and that's why the scripture says we must be born again. Not born of the flesh, we were that once. We gotta be born of the spirit. And we're born again, then we can have victory over the flesh that will wage war against you for the rest of your entire life. This is where a lot of us quit giving up following Jesus or, or going to church. It's because you say, man, I walked an aisle, I said a prayer, I, I was baptized, you know, and I read my Bible and everything was great, but like a month later, three months later, I did it again. And I just can't live this life because no one has taught you and you never figured out how do I defeat the flesh? How do I have victory over the flesh? You may say I have victory of the world, you may go try to hide, but you can't out hide the world system. How do I win this in my life? Here's the reality. If the devil was evaporated today, watch this, you would still go on sinning because of your sinful nature, because of your flesh. We should not be surprised by that. And then thirdly, the devil. Now this is the big one. The devil, he's the mastermind behind all these things. The devil, some people say all the time, man, the devil made me do it. I doubt it was the devil. Because the devil is not 
omnipresent. God is omnipresent, which means he is all places at all times at all, all, all the time. The devil's a created being. He can only be at one place at one time. He can't be on all of us. He's a created being. So for you say the devil made you do it, eh, probably wasn't the devil. But he does have, well, the Bible is very clear, fallen angels, demons, who actually do his bidding. And so when we think about this, Paul tells us this, this not shock us in Ephesians chapter six. Some people's like, man, the Bible's boring. The Bible's so fascinating, man. It's like Lord of the Rings and, and meets Harry Potter, like right here, man, watch this. I mean, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. I tell this to the married couples all the time. They think they're fighting against each other. They don't understand, first, they've got a backpack that they have their own problems, but they got a devil that wants to do everything they can to destroy them. It says, for your struggle's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If the Lord could open up our eyes and let us see the spirit world right now all around us, we would freak out. We would panic. We would not unbelieve the spiritual world that's all around us. It's everywhere. The devil is part of this. The devil didn't make, the devil wants to destroy your life, John 10, 10. He come to destroy you, kill, destroy you. But Jesus says, I've come to you, can have an abundant life, a full life. We like to say, a better life than you ever dreamed of. That's why we named our church off John 10, 10. The enemy wants to destroy your life, but Jesus has something better. And if all that Jesus does, watch this, is forgive you of all your sins, cancel out hell, and guarantee you heaven no matter what happens on earth, that makes your life better. But will we receive that? So the devil wants it. So all these three categories, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the sin's gonna come, it's gonna be tempted from the world, from your flesh, or from the devil. Now that you know that, how do I get victory? How do I get victory over temptation in my life? Well, if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I wanna encourage you to do. Victory over the world, watch this. Victory of the world comes by faith. If we wanna have victory over this world, it comes by faith. And see, this goes against the world system. The world walks by sight. They can't walk by faith. But if we're, going to, if we're going to have victory over this world system around us, we have to trust God and walk by faith that he says what he says is true. He is who he is. He will do what he says he will do. And it's my faith. I've, put, I've based my entire life on the pages of what God has said in his word. I've based my calling. Some of you call that a career. i based my family. I based my finances, I based my eternity by faith on the pages of this book as we believe that God has a word for us. It is by faith that we defeat the world. First John 5, 4 says, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory, how? How do we achieve the victory over the world? Look what he says, our faith. It's our faith that's gonna bring victory over the worldly system. They gotta trust God, because they're like, man, it's getting bad out there. Really? He told us it's gonna get bad. It's gonna even get worse. It's gonna get bad, but through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Look at, look at, who can win the battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The only way to have victory over the world is put your faith and trust in Jesus, period. Period. And that's why every single Sunday we beg you to give your life to Jesus. I can't save you, I can't even save myself. Only Jesus could do that. 
But if I want to have victory over the world, I have to put my faith and trust in him. I love what the old hymn says. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and to look full in his wonderful face. Boy, and then the things of the earth, things of the world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Keep your eyes on Jesus by faith. Put my faith and trust in him. What do I mean? Fall in love with Jesus, stop falling in love with the world. He didn't take you out of this world. He didn't, he didn't, God didn't save you just to take you to heaven. If that's the case, the moment he saved you, he should have took you to heaven. He didn't do that. He left you in this corrupt world to be a light of the world and by faith, a remnant of people who would carry on his mission to pass on for generations and generations and generations to come until he comes home. Every single one of you have at least two purposes in life. One is to carry out the good news, the gospel, and to make disciples. Every single one of you. Well, I'm not a pastor. You have been ordained to do that. Every single person who put their faith and trust in Jesus, and then God has a specific task that only you can do. You can't pick your generation you're born into. You can't pick your skin color. You can't pick your family. You can't pick your nationality. You can pick none of that. God in his sovereignty says, I wanna place you in this family, in this world at this time because I have a specific purpose that only you can accomplish. So listen to me. You are one out of seven billion because there's no one like you, DNA-wise, you have a vocal print, a fingerprint, a blood print. They were never, even identical twins are not identical. There's no one ever will be just like you, and that's because God has a unique, specific purpose just for you. And most people go to their grave and have no idea what it was. Don't be that person. Get before God and say, God, what's my purpose, and how can I fulfill it? What is your dream for my life? What is your plan for my life? Because he knows them. So victory over the world comes by faith. Then here's the big one that whips most of us, is our flesh. How do I have victory over the flesh? You ready for it? You gotta run, you gotta flee. Victory over the flesh comes by fleeing. We don't flee from the flesh, we flirt with the flesh, because we like it. It's our sinful nature, it's our bent. And if we're gonna have victory over the flesh, we got to learn to flee. You've got to learn to run from it. I love what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, where it says, flee from sexual immorality. Now we know sexual immorality is part of the flesh, and, what, and we knew all the other things were part of the flesh. What did Paul say? Run from it. You've gotta run from the flesh. You gotta run from the things that are tempting you. If you are having problems, listen, with sexual sins, you gotta run from that. If you think you're gonna have your purity plan in the back of a Jeep at the lake on a Friday night at 10 p.m., you've already failed. It's being real. You better put a plan in place. If you think when I go home and my phone goes off because you got instant access right here and parents have no clue what their kids are looking at, no clue. Man, they're so much smarter than you parents. Man, they can hide stuff you don't even know. I'm telling you, this is unbelievable what you have at your fingertips. Unbelievable. You better get, I gotta, I gotta run from this. I gotta get away from this. I gotta put this away. I had a buddy who says, man, I'm sick and tired of looking. And he went back to a flip phone, flip, flip phone. And everybody made fun of him, but they didn't know he was fleeing. He's running. You gotta run. You gotta get away. You gotta get away from this stuff. 
You can't flirt with it. You gotta say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put accountability on here. I'm gonna pick people that'll block this stuff. Over. I'm gonna say every time I do this, it's sent to someone so they know. I gotta run from this. You gotta figure this out. Lustful pleasure, idolatry, quarreling, jealousy, envy. Remember, we talked about this. We walked through these things. Selfish ambition, drunk. We have to run from these things. If the people you hang out with are always tempting you to do something, you better find new friends. Right now, right now. If she's flirting with you at work and finally someone's giving you attention, bro, you better run. Quit your job and find another one. Your marriage is worth saving. You better run. See, we don't like it, we wanna flirt with it. We wanna see how close we can get to where it's already too late and we're hooked. I'm telling you, you figure what this is about your life. I mean, every time I'm around these guys, they're always saying, every, I know it's gonna be a Thursday night, we're gonna be hanging out, and they're gonna all be drinking, and then they know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get over this, and, and I'm doing good, and I'm saying no to it, but they're my boys, they're my friends. You better run. You already have the warning light. You, listen, you know what's amazing? You already know this. You already know this. But here's the reality. And this is some good news. The Bible is very clear. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, when you are tempted, verse 13, God will always provide you a way out. Maybe you have to say, hey, mom, listen, dad, if you get a text from me, call me and tell me it's time for me to come home because I'm gonna use you as an excuse. Hey, just say, God, Hey man, sorry, I gotta bounce. Mom, dad, told me to get a call. I know, I know, my parents are so strict. <laughs> like whatever, like blame it on your parents. I don't care what you have to blow. You run, you flee, you get out of there. You know what I'm talking about. When you're going down the aisle at Kroger and you see somebody you don't wanna talk to, you run and you flee and you get out of there. You laugh because you do that stuff, sinners. Right, you run, you got to run. And the only way to have victory over this flesh is not to feed it. Starve it, fill it to the things of God, and you run. Now, I don't know what that is for every one of you, whatever every you're tempted in. You're tempted to outburst in anger and argue with people, get out, get out of the house, run, get away. Just, say, just leave me alone, I gotta get out of here, because I'm not gonna blow up and give in to my sinful nature. See you know what I'm saying? We know this, we don't do it, and God will always provide a way out. Here's the problem, we don't want out, and we don't look for it. James clearly tells us the reason why we sin is because we want to. But you can have victory over your flesh. Jesus died on the cross for you to give you victory over the world, over the flesh, over the devil. You have victory, I want you to walk in it. And when you understand where it comes from and you understand your hot button and you understand the Bible says temptation, it's a picture of a fisherman. And the fisherman baiting a hook. And the, and, and the devil knows, your flesh knows what bait you like. He can't make you bite it. The devil can't make you do it. He can't make you grab it. But boy, he's gonna sit there and make it look so good and entice you. And then we choose to do it. And then guess what happens? We're hooked. We're hooked, we gotta fight it by fleeing. And then lastly, if we're gonna have victory over the devil, over, this, over the principalities of this world, 
we have to fight. Victory of the devil comes from fighting. It comes from fighting. This is the pride of life. Now in the Bible it says, run from the devil. Why? Because you can't outrun him. Oh, he's way faster than you. You can't outrun the devil. We're never called to outrun him or to flee from him. James chapter four, verse seven. I'm gonna be preaching this in South Carolina here in a few weeks, this verse right here. James four, seven, when it comes to the devil, watch this. Submit yourself then to God. This verse here is so packed of stuff, man. This is, this, I'm telling you, if you can get this verse right here, you are going to win in victory over temptation life. It says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and watch this. He will run from you. Do you see that? So either the half-brother of Jesus, James, who wrote this, that we believe was inspired by God is lying or it's true. If you will submit to God, watch this, resist the devil, he will run from you. That word submit's a military term. It means to fall in order, to fall in rank. When you fall in rank and say, you're God, I'm not. Your way's not mine. Your will, not mine. When I position myself and I fall in rank under the lordship of Jesus, that's what submitting means. We don't like that word submit. And the worldly system wants to throw submit out of the world. You don't have to submit to nobody. You're free, do what you want, when you want, how you want it, doesn't care who you affect. The world system doesn't want you to submit to nothing. Do you see that? But the Bible says if you'll submit to Jesus, which fall in rank, fall in order, fall under the headship, the lordship of Jesus, then you will be able to, watch this. Look what he says, resist, which means to stand firm. I don't have to run from the devil. I don't have to run from the darkness. I don't have to run from the principalities. Why? Because do you see who I'm submitting to? He fights my battles. And you resist. When the, when the enemy sees that, watch this. The Bible says he'll run from you. You really know what the problem is? Guys, it's, we don't want to submit to Jesus. I'll marry who I want, when I want. I'll go to school where I want, when I want. I'll get the job because I believe it has the most money when I want, where I want. I'll buy what I want, build what I want, have what I want, spend what I want, live how I want. Because we don't want to submit. You know why? Because you have to have humility. And when you humble yourself before the Lord, He will watch this. He will lift you up. You keep reading this James chapter 4, but if you build yourself up, He will cut you down. Don't give in to the pride of life. Don't give in to the flesh. We will submit, stand firm, and he will flee from you. I'm gonna ask if you would just to bow your heads. Listen. 
the enemy wants you to feel bad because he's gonna remind you how you give in to temptation. Some of the sins that I listed, you struggle with. You're struggling with them. And please hear me, please hear me. Temptation is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in every way. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're human. Temptation is not a sin. You will be tempted. But you have ways to have victory over that. So whatever the biggest temptation that you face in your life, you know what I'm talking about. I don't even have to mention it. You know exactly what sin it is. It's the one you say, God, it's me again. God, I said it again. God, I thought again. God, I looked at it again. God, I smoked it again. God, I drunk it again. Like you already know, you know what it is. You know the biggest temptation you have. Let's build a plan around it. Now you know the source. Now you know where it comes from. Let's build a plan. And let's begin to have victory. Watch this one step at a time over the temptation in your life. And then you no longer be walking in the flesh. Watch this, you'll walk in the spirit. And when the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. No more bondage, freedom. That's what I want for every one of you. But I'm gonna be honest with you. You cannot overcome this without giving your life to Jesus can and I believe that the Lord brought you here no matter what reasons you think you're here the Lord brought you here once that you hear how to where temptation comes from and how to have victory over it but two so you would surrender your life to King Jesus the Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead we will be saved what do you mean by that that we will be saved from our flesh saved from our sin and saved from God's wrath. Saying a prayer won't save you though. But your lips can proclaim what your heart declares and if your heart declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, I pray right now that you would pray with me that your lips will proclaim it to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how today, I repent of my sin and I put my faith in you. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. I believe the Bible is true. That if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And if that's you, just in a moment, host or your campus pastor is gonna come out and they're gonna share with you digitally some next steps you could take. Let, we wanna help you. That's the mission of our church, to help you follow Jesus so you can experience an abundant life, a full life, a better life than you've ever dreamed of. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, thank you that when we blow it, you always are there to help us, to forgive us, to cleanse us. And God, we know this will be a battle for the rest of our life. So God, we wanna submit to you and you fight our battles. You go ahead of us. You help us have victory over the flesh, over the world, and over the devil. Because greater is he who is in us than is in the world. We love you, Jesus. In your name we ask and we pray.